Welcome to Canine Nation Audio Edition. It's Wednesday, November 16th, 2011. Canine Nation is a regular feature column that runs on the Life as a Human online magazine. Life as a Human features articles about what it means to be human, the good, the bad, and the enlightening. This column explores what it means to be human in our relationship with dogs. You can find it at www.lifeisahuman.com. To get directly to Canine Nation, just click on Topics at the top right and find us listed under Pets. A complete archive of all of the Canine Nation articles can be found there. Hi, I'm Eric Brad. Canine Nation is about learning, understanding, and living successfully with our dogs. Modern animal training techniques based on behavioral science can produce amazing results in working with our dogs. Whether your dog is a loved family member or a working dog, a canine athlete, or a trusted companion, positive training techniques based on science can help you enjoy a more productive and fun relationship with your dog. Join us as we explore the many facets of living with our dogs and taking a fresh look at how we work with them. Whether it's taking a closer look at everyday issues we share with our dogs or busting long-standing myths about training and dog behavior, I hope you find something useful in each of the Canine Nation articles. We're glad you're with us. Now here's this week's installment. A Closer Look at Self-Rewarding Behavior Years ago, my wife and I were introduced to a training term, self-rewarding behavior. At the time, my wife and our Belgian Traverne Vince were attending agility classes. This particular training company had handlers and their dogs form groups of three or four teams and rotate between four stations that included different exercises and different agility equipment. This system required the dog and handler to wait their turn, often for several minutes at a time. During that waiting time, our dog Vince used to grab his leash in his mouth and chew on it, sometimes going right through it. This was identified by the instructors as self-rewarding behavior because Vince was deciding for himself what to do because he wanted to do it. That definition, self-rewarding behavior, seemed perfectly reasonable to me until I started reading more about behavioral science and the use of operant conditioning in training animals. After learning some basic principles of behavior, the term self-rewarding behavior no longer made sense to me. There seemed a better way to express what was going on, and it also made it easier to manage as a handler. One of the problems we face as dog trainers is the imprecise language that we use when talking about training our dogs. Not only can it make talking with other trainers challenging, not having clear definitions can cause us to fool ourselves into trying techniques that are ineffective or worse. One example of this is how we use reward and reinforcement and their variations in relation to how we train. The terms reinforcement and reward are often used interchangeably by trainers. While they do seem to mean the same thing, they may mean very different things in different situations. The term reinforcement comes from psychology and behavioral science and, by strict definition, 
means anything that causes a behavior to become more likely, more frequent, or more intense. By this definition, things we don't often consider to be rewards may still act as reinforcement in making behavior stronger. One example of this happens in my own home. Over the years, we have left food items on our counters within reach of a dog's nose. These occasional snacks for my dog, Tira, have led to her becoming a tireless countersurfer who checks out the surfaces daily. Our carelessness was never meant as a reward, but they have certainly reinforced her countersurfing behavior. On the other hand, many dog owners reward their dogs all the time without any thought to training or increasing a particular behavior. We love our dogs, and many times we reward them with a cookie or some playtime just because they are adorable and we enjoy their company. We reward dogs because we intend to do something nice for them, not necessarily just to train behaviors. I'm pretty sure that being cute isn't a behavior, but I reward my dog Tira for it very often. In my experience, most trainers who use the term self-rewarding behavior are referring to unwanted behaviors being performed instead of what you wanted the dog to do. For example, your dog is self-rewarding by sniffing along the fence instead of coming when called and walking at heel next to you. The dog is simply choosing to do something that they like instead of what is being asked. As someone who uses behavioral science to train, this poses an interesting question. Doesn't my dog always make the choice to do what I ask or not? Mark and reward training, like clicker training, uses reinforcement to increase the behaviors we are trying to train. The whole training approach depends on offering my dog something she wants. That could be food treats, play, affection, or anything that she is interested in working for. So in a very real sense, the proposition for my dog is this. Do the thing I'm asking for, and you get this reward. In this case, since I'm using it to increase behavior, the reward is, in fact, a reinforcement, assuming I'm a good trainer and the behavior actually increases. So not all rewards are reinforcements, and not all reinforcements are intended as rewards. So here's the confusing problem. Doesn't my dog ultimately decide if she wants what I'm offering or not? In the case of training, I'm offering what I believe is a high-value reward in exchange for her cooperation in learning the behavior. If my training is successful, my reward will reinforce the behavior and make it easier for me to get her to give me that behavior next time. But my dog must first decide to try to get the reward. This is where the logic of the phrase self-rewarding behavior broke down for me all those years ago. If my dog is always deciding to get the reward, or not, all of her behavior is self-rewarding, and not just the behaviors I didn't ask for. It may seem a subtle distinction, but my dog is, after all, choosing to cooperate when she responds to me when I say come or sit. She is finding more value in cooperating with me than doing anything else. This might seem like just a difference in wording or language, but... As I discussed earlier, the words we use can be important to how we proceed with our training. The usual response I see when someone uses the term self-rewarding behavior in response to an unwanted behavior is to try and stop the behavior. 
if the dog is finding something other than the trainer more interesting, why not look at the reward system rather than the behavior? Let's face it, the world is full of stuff dogs like. Consequently, there is pretty fierce competition for your dog's attention. I could spend an entire article on dealing with competing rewards, and I will. But for now, let's assume that on any given day, a smell or a sound might be more exciting to your dog than your cue to come. Not to worry. There are things we can do as trainers to give ourselves every advantage. Rather than deal with terms like self-rewarding behavior, my wife and I have chosen instead to focus on rewards management. We do the best we can to have control over what rewards are available to our dogs in any given situation. So, if we are teaching a new behavior, it's best to work in a relatively boring environment without a lot of distractions that could compete for our dog's attention. Deciding what environment to work in can be very important to how successful we are in working with our dog. We also have a special tool we use, history. Behavioral science has shown that the more a dog has been reinforced for a particular behavior, the more likely they will be to perform that behavior in the face of distractions or competing rewards. Think of it as a good habit. So the better rehearsed a behavior is, the better our chance of success in complicated situations where lots of rewards may be available. For that reason, we work on behaviors with our dogs while slowly moving them to more and more distracting environments until I can ask for come or sit at a crowded park on a spring day without my dog running off to meet the poodle across the way. We've changed our approach. It's not a self-rewarding behavior problem to us anymore when behavior breaks down. It's a rewards management problem. It's up to us as handlers and trainers to be aware of what rewards are out there and to prepare ourselves and our dogs as best we can so that everyone gets what they want from any given situation. By focusing on managing access to rewards rather than trying to control behavior, my wife and I have worked out a system that sets our dogs up for success and keeps us focused on keeping their training challenges achievable. For us, it's more about cooperation than it is confrontation. Rather than fight with my dog about whether or not they should be doing a particular behavior, we try to manage access to a reward that makes that behavior more appealing. It just seems to be a simpler approach to the problem and it puts the control squarely in our hands. Instead of trying to change the dog's behavior so they don't try to get something they want, we just make sure that we offer something more valuable or remove access to that competing reward. If we knew back then what we know now, my wife would have thought to bring a toy for Vince to play with instead of his leash. She did eventually bring a ball to class for Vince, I should say and we might have saved a few bucks in replacing leashes. But more importantly, she would have been spared the frustration of trying to figure out why Vince was engaging in self-rewarding behavior instead of working with her. Eventually, we learned. Control the available rewards, and things can sort themselves out pretty quickly. The next time you see your dog doing something you might consider self-rewarding behavior, Ask yourself what you could do to offer something more rewarding that might change that behavior. Of course, there are things you could do to make the current reward less appealing, 
like yelling at your dog or threatening them if they don't stop, but I believe that my readers are much more creative than that. Manage the rewards, and you can manage the behavior. Until next time, have fun with your dog. I hope you enjoyed this installment of Canine Nation. You can find the text version of it at www.lifeisahuman.com. Just click Topics at the top right and find us listed under Pets. Or click Authors and click on my name, Eric Brad, to find this and previous articles. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. <laughs>